Yo, it's pretty cool for you to join us. Welcome to Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys who are definitely not Shalane Woodley, discuss <laughs> movies, TV shows, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to our podcast and email us any suggestions or questions you have for us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com or DM us via Instagram at pressplayar. On to, that's gopressplay2, the number two, at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to be going over three movie trailers. The Addams Family, Judy, and Cats. We clown around with a cult classic movie killer clown from outer space. And we get into the spirit of All Hallows Eve and talk about Halloween in general and share our favorite scary movies. Woohoo! And after Riz fill you in on the latest music and movies, we play Six Degrees of Separation and our Fact of the Week. Awesome! Which I'll try to be better this time around with the Six degrees of separation that's cool i liked it all right so we're gonna get into quick news right now well i have no uh corrections or no, apologies no. well wait uh mary elizabeth winstead what about her she was in uh black christmas 2006 oh she was what's her name oh her yes okay all right Good. so quick news yep uh we are post emmy Yes, so the Emmys aired, Yay, and we have the results. The results of our little wager. What? That was the drum line for the wager. Okay. I wasn't just hitting it to, to drive Augie insane, even though apparently it drove him insane. <laughs> uh, so, da, 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 who won our wager, who right? Could it be? We didn't do well. Between us, we got exactly, out of the 25 categories that we did, we got 10, which isn't great. No. But one of us did end up getting more than the other. So, let's do this. The nominees are <laughs> Augie, Riz, James Ranson, Shalane Woodley, <laughs> and the winner is Augie. Oh my god. So, yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, I gotta do my speech. Oh, okay. I wanna thank all the little people I stepped on to get to here. And the real um, Santa Claus. I would like to also thank my mama. And I would like to thank um, Mrs. Casey, who always believed in me, even though she knew that I was a little fun and funny on the other side. But, yeah, thank you. Okay, now we can go on. I was about to play you off with music. <laughs> uh, okay, so Augie won. Yes. Um, he had nine correct, and I had eight. And we were basically tied the whole night until uh, Best Actress in a Limited Series went to Miss Michelle Williams. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a mm-hmm. little bit about her amazing speech. So we were tied, or not tied, I was winning by one point and we went to bed and I kind of looked at the results and I'm like, mofo, we tied again. We No, we tied again because you correctly predicted that Billy Porter would win lead actor in a drama for Pose. 
So Which I'm like, was surprising because we we kind of didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, and really, he wasn't the lead actor that season. That's why I, I wouldn't have, have picked him. But that's amazing. I, I'm I, I've been meaning to go back and and watch his speech, but I'm I'm amazed by that, and he deserves it. Yeah, I saw his speech. It's good. Uh, so then we were tied again, and then it came down to drama, and I chose uh, uh, this is us. Uh, for Mama Rita, and you chose Game of Thrones, and since everyone and their mother apparently hated the last season of Game of Thrones, I didn't think it had much of a chance, and I was wrong. So, Augie won. Yes. And I owe him a trophy. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but he will get some sort of trophy. Congratulations. a trophy of Stan Lee made out of Fruity Pebbles. That's my trophy. And then it sounds like it would attract ants, though. Well, unless you're gonna eat it. I, that's the whole point. I'm right. sorry, Stanley. You're but... gonna eat Stanley. Well, okay. <laughs> um, well, congratulations. Um, let's talk about Michelle Williams' speech. Amazing. I, she was beautiful. She was amazing. I was I was thrilled that she got it. I wasn't sure that she was gonna get it. Um, I was a little more sure after. Well, we'll get to Patricia Arquette in a second. After Patricia Arquette won, um, that they would give it to her, to Patricia for supporting and not uh, leave. Yeah. So Michelle got up there and she decided to vote her to vote her speech to pay equality, but not just pay pay inequality, but not just pay inequality, pay inequality for women of color. So for as as all the reporters are calling her woke, you know. For her to see her own while saying, hey, you know, this is amazing. I was paid as much as Sam Rockwell for this show. Mm-hmm. For her to see her own privilege as a white woman in comparison to women of color, it's it's super woke. And it was a beautiful speech. And people are saying she should win an Emmy for, for the speech, which is impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. I've, well, I've read it a few times. I know it's impossible. You know, that's what they say. And I'm I'm really happy for her. She's in a her career is about to go crazy. And uh, if she gets if if she ever does is able to film Janice, she's currently attached to to a Janice Joplin biopic, which we've been waiting for her to to start because she'll be amazing. I think she'll win that Oscar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Going back to the speech, what really one of the things that stood out for me was. Her explaining that the studios and her bosses, when she needed something and she understood that everything that it takes to make a movie is cost effective, um, they never ever try to talk her down or explain to her that her way of portraying this actor is not the way she's thinking, that they know better. Whether, like she said to make her her teeth one type of material to another or her wig or something they never said no anything that they needed in order to portray um when when verdant right and that is true because because a lot of people need to understand her about mansplaining and yeah. that type of culture and that patriarchy that needs to stop. Right. Which we're going a little and, political here. Well, yeah. But... Well, not too political, I wouldn't say. Uh, 
But yeah, I, if you haven't seen Fosse Vernon, like I think it's on Hulu or Amazon or Prime or whatever, check it out. It really is. It really is one of the performances of of the year. She she's just amazing. I'm you, gonna I'm gonna check it out. Woohoo! <laughs> I, I'm down to watch it again. Sweet. Uh, anything else about the Emmys that stood out? The whole hostless thing? Okay, listen. <laughs> I, thanks for for mentioning I that. Said crazy deja vu. Reasons that maybe the ratings of the Emmys are completely low. I think I read that it was at a 5.8 this year on yeah. the Nielsen. Is that they how you say it? went down like 50% in viewers. Last year it was 10 point something. Wow. So it went down nearly half. It was no host and they spent more on time or screen time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, screen time with these corny jokes, these awkward scripts. And it's just, it was more of a filler and a waste of time. And then when these actors or writers or directors or cinematographers get picked or, you know, yeah, win the award, awarded. they have only 30 seconds to say a speech. Yet, uh, the corny jokes get five minutes. That whole, it's, it's ridiculous. That whole Ken John with the recording of the audience to yeah, mix that, it with her daughters. That was super That painful. was awkward and cringeworthy, but hey, <clears throat> only 30 seconds to best actor Let's, in or actress in any exactly. series. Come on now. Uh, maybe that's something that they should reconsider, is all uh, I'm saying. The award shows seem to, they want to create a show and they don't, they never realize that the viewers are viewing or tuning in to see who wins. They yeah. Don't, they don't give a shit about the, the crazy, you know, I, stupid I stuff. I understand like the banter. Neil Patrick Harris singing a, another crazy song. Well, well, one song is okay. I think an intro is intro is okay. Yes, yes, is always needed to but any type of these. Whatever that shows. song was with uh, what's his name from uh, from what was uh, Pitch Perfect? You know who I'm talking about? Yes, it was freaking god awful. <laughs> oh my god! What were they thinking? They should have just played a clip of Michelle Williams singing as Gwen Vernon. That's oh. it. Yeah, it was more entertaining. Uh, moving on. So, something more entertainment that we found out today. Um, the original three actors mm -hmm. are coming back to the Jurassic Park slash World franchise. Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, Sam, Sam Neill yes. are all returning. And from what uh, at least you read, it isn't going to be like a cameo like Jeff Goldblum's was in Jurassic Park Part 2. It's going to be like a, a full one of the or full lead characters. Yeah, not a lot is being said right now. The movie is set to release in 2021, but uh, the director said that they are heavily involved in the entire movie. There is also that same director. I should have written him down. Um, That's okay. But you yeah. can put it in the correction. It's no problem. <laughs> on next episode, uh, the director directed a short film it's about nine minutes long called battle at, at big rock or red rock um and it's takes place a year later after the last jurassic world fallen kingdom happened and if you guys don't remember um i'm sorry that i'm going to remind you about this uh the dinosaurs decided to play clue in a mansion 
You remember that whole thing? It was yeah, like it was an pretty auction cool. and it was inside it was a the, mansion. The Tyrannosaurus with his mouth in, in the It was awful. Sanatorium. And people complain <laughs> about Dark Phoenix and that movie was just <laughs> horrid. It's like they didn't think like it was, we put him in the island. It was it was we, an odd movie. He we escaped in the city. Hey guys, let's, let's go put to a them mansion. in a mansion. <laughs> it was a little weird. It was awful. We are going so to. So you can only go up from there. Right? Yeah, I hope so. We're gonna keep a close eye on this. We're both really excited about this. Uh, that movie came out ninety three, ninety four, right? Yes, uh, I would say it was the first like real like thriller that I saw. Because it was scary for a little kid yeah. uh, in the theater. I was, like, punching myself. I remember... I was envious the, of those kids. The scene in uh, in the kitchen, you know, when the the raptor was going yes. after the kids, I was my heart was being... It was, it was awesome. And he couldn't close the, yes. the bin. Yep, yep. Oh, yes. My heart was pounding, too. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, yep. So stay tuned for ongoing news about that. We're going to get into the next segment, Duh. which is... Trailers. Movie trailers. We watched three trailers. Yes. The first of which was... Am I going to go or are you going to go? I was going to go. Oh, go if for that's it. That's okay. Yeah. Unless you want to go. Nope. The Addams Family. Da-na-na-na. Bop, bop. Da-na-na-na. The cast includes Oscar Isaac, Charlie Theron, Finn Wolford, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz, Nick Kroll, Catherine o- hey, Catherine O'Hara. I know, I thought Sally, of you. Sally from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Martin Short. Snoop Dogg <laughs> as Cousin It. I have no idea. That's fantastic. <laughs> About that part. That's fantastic. But I love uh, it. It's an animated twist on Charles Adams' series about a peculiar ghoulish family. Yeah, the synopsis on the interweb is very vague. Yeah. But from the trailers that or the trailer that we saw, uh, it seems that it's it's like an introduction to the new generation of who this family family is. Yeah. Unfortunately, they they could never complete the original trilogy without Raul Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried a few uh, straight to television uh, movies back in the day. I think. Daryl Hannah played Morticia Adams. I have no idea. Yeah, look it up. IMDb it. Um, I, uh, I'm honestly uh, too too. My my brain is still back in with the old one. I I'm not I'm not ready for a remake of Adams Family. I mean, like I said, it's an introduction to this new generation of this family. Uh, the trailers. Describes it as them moving into what uh, seems to be like a suburban neighborhood yeah, in a New Jersey. In New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the neighbors. Yeah, the neighbors are not too thrilled of these peculiar and ghoulish family. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the movie. It's not of... really on the top of my list to go check it out. No, not even a little bit. It's, it's more of like a... Take an your, old, older kid type thing, not not little kids, because it looks like the the humor might be a little over their head. A little, a little but on the cusp of high PG. Eight, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but really not for me. Yeah, me neither. I, yeah, you're right. I think this is a more, and the more I think about it, it's more of a kids movie yeah. rather than you They're, know our our 
our movie. Our Adams Family, yeah. Which I think our Adams Family movie is more of a Thanksgiving film than the original, than a Halloween film, because of the kids going to camp and they have that Thanksgiving feast. And I don't think there's other Thanksgiving based holidays movies, is there? There aren't a lot. I'm uh, Beethoven. I remember him eating the uh, the turkey. Ah, uh, <laughs> I see. Uh, and uh, we'll discuss more Thanksgiving themed uh, movies in future podcasts or <laughs> our Thanksgiving podcast. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, maybe. I don't. Know, maybe if it's on Netflix and I'm bored one day, I'll I'll <coughs> tune in. Excuse me. Yeah. Me but too. But not really. Like the cast. Uh, Chloe Chloe Grace Moritz. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah. Who's Finn Wolford? Sounds familiar. Uh, Stranger Things and it. Oh God, of course. He has to be in everything because he is in Stranger Things. And just like he's like another Tom Holland who's currently now in everything. Mm-hmm. We're not hating, but it's like, dude, like, stop oversaturating everything. <laughs> it's it's how it's how it's Hollywood how it works, is. Unfortunately, uh, the next trailer we have is <clears throat> Judy. Releasing September 27th, which is this weekend. Uh, the cast is Renee Zellweger, Finn Wittrock, Jesse Buckley, Rufus Sowell, Hema Lee Devereaux. Gemma. Or Gemma Lee Devereaux. Do you think she's related to Blanche Devereaux? I doubt it, since Blanche Devereaux is a fictional character. And Michael Gambon. The synopsis is... Legendary performer Judy Garland arrives in London in the winter of 1968 to perform a series of sold-out concerts. Awesome. Um, I honestly, uh, I had seen the Adams Family trailer before. I hadn't seen any any footage of Judy yet, and from everything I heard, you know, it got it. It was like the Joker got a standing ovation at Con or whatever Cons or Sundance or or one of those one of those things. I wasn't as impressed with the trailer as I thought I would be. I would have to agree with you as well. Yeah. Um, I heard also highly positive things about the movie and Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, uh, who is a fantastic actress, without a doubt. Well, yeah, such a wonderful, uh, transformative mm-hmm. uh, piece for her. Yeah, but I wasn't really sold you know, there's some cinematography angles that I really liked, but uh, again, the more I looked at it, the more I was not really being pulled in and pulled in how I would normally be if it was another biopic film right. of that grander. And, and it 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 just me might be one of those cases where, or it sounds like it's one of those cases where the trailer just doesn't do the film justice. Like, sometimes the trailer is so much better than the actual film, and sometimes, like in this case, it isn't. It's It, it doesn't... Whoever, you know, did this trailer didn't really do a great job, in my opinion. Didn't, certainly didn't pull me in. Yeah. But she does look amazing, and uh, there were a few few funny lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, kind of funny, kind of sad little... Mommy, don't go to sleep, and she's getting ready to take some pills. Oh, yeah, and she's oh like, I'm just one. 
Um, but I, I think this one, I'll check it out in the movies. Yeah, I, I would like to. We've heard so much about it, you know, good things, uh, that I would like to see it as well. It, and, you know, like I said, Renee Zellweger is amazing. I didn't even recognize, I'm assuming Finn, Finn Wittrock is going to be her, uh, her love interest, the guy that was hiding under the, uh, the thing. Yeah. And I didn't recognize him at all. I had no, that, no idea that was him. Awesome. FYI for all you hetero people, little historical LGBT history lesson. Judy Garland is an actress that, if you guys don't know, played the iconic character Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. No! But that's not where I want to go. Back then, in the not-so-past past, homosexuality wasn't as open as or as out there as it is today or as accepting as it is today Mm -hmm. so there was no word even in like the 40s or 50s like homosexuality or that wasn't a thing if a man was was gay you know you would hear like from your aunt or your your mom Oh, that's Steven. He's a little peculiar. He's a little flamboyant. I'm using air quote. But it wasn't like he's gay or he's a homosexual. The terms were used. It's just they were so negative back then that they, ah. they would go out of their way not to not to use them. So oh, okay. The, the terms were there. But, it, um, yeah. But so being gay back then was such a taboo and so frowned upon by religious leaders as... It is today, and men or women couldn't be open in the past. So they would come up with with codes with one simple question is, are you a friend of Judy? A friend of Dorothy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A friend of Dorothy. So by that question, people would know that you were... You were gay, and you would answer yes. Or you would get like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dorothy, my ex-girlfriend? Fuck that bitch. Mm. Um, but not like that. It would be like, what would they say like back then? No, sir. Get out of my way. I got papers to deliver. Um, <laughs> <What? laughs> um But yeah, they would ask, are you a friend of Dorothy? And that's how they would know if one another was gay and and take it from there and the actual term uh from the wizard of oz uh also the rainbow flag is from the wizard of oz somewhere over the rainbow so somewhere over the rainbow was sung by dorothy and then it became are you a friend of dorothy yeah so it became synonymous with with that with connect right right exactly um, and if you still go on cruises or if you've been on a cruise, you can look through their little pamphlet and you'll see like a little meeting, friend of Dorothy meeting. Oh, I didn't for, know that. Yeah, I, I've seen it. All like the... Like any LGBT plus yeah. people in the cruise were can, over here. Yeah, can get oh, together okay. one night. And... That's cute. We need to do that. Oh, go on a cruise. Yeah. And I... meet some friends of Dorothy. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> So you want to go to the next? Yay, Cats. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Cats is going to be released hmm. December 20th, 2019. The cast includes Idris Elba, Francesca Hayward, Judy Dench, Jennifer Hudson, Sir Ian McKellen, Rebel Wilson, 
Jason Gerillo and Matt, Matt Towley. Uh, it's about a tribe of cats called the Jellicles or Jell Oh my gosh, Jellicles. The Jellicles. Jellicles. Okay. Who must decide yearly which one will ascend to the Heaviside layer and come back to a new Jellicles. Do you want to read that again, or do you want me to read that? I can read it. Okay. And it's Jellicles. Jellicle. What? Okay. This is about a tribe of cats yeah. called the Jellicles, who must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heaviside lair and come back to a new Jellicle life. Um, what? I don't think. Because <laughs> you're reading it, but at the same time, you're like understanding it as well. Um, but what you the did good the second hell? time around. Okay, so I've never seen cats uh obviously on the stage but um, it's it's played a million times like on pbs and stuff i've That's never the only way i i saw it i've never gotten around to actually seeing it i remember i think i want to say my brother matt uh when he went off to <coughs> new york mm-hmm. he saw it and he really liked it but oh hey shout out to matt if you're listening hi matt um but i never i i never saw it so this is all literally greek to me yeah. But I, what do you think of the trailer? I think that they're not going to win best costume because it seems like everything on their body except that fur coat over their shoulders is CGI. It, and oh it looks so weird. Yeah, I've, and I've I tried. And I feel like it's a terrible, terrible way on how Hollywood has forgotten Costume, they could have or just using their costumes. trust on costumes. They could have worn costumes. The the head and body seem to go in different directions. Now I in do every I, shot. I do understand like the ear part because there's a scene where Francesca's character moves back in a coy way and her ears goes down like that, like a cat. Oh, that's pretty cool. Cat too. So that cinematography, that CGI, I would understand. But the whole entire face, the whole body outline of everybody is A, B, being covered by those frumpy jackets. I do remember watching on PBS uh, Jennifer Hudson's character singing, and she also had a big coat over like that. So maybe we're being too critical on that, but the CGI is so heavily on every character, on their chest, on on their neck. It's very distracting. Very distracting. <laughs> I uh, know. But I, 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 I do want to see it, though. Like, the yeah, passion I... uh, in Jennifer Hudson's face as she's singing that song in the trailer, mm-hmm. it, it looks amazing. And, and come on, anything with, uh, with, with Dame Judi Dench. Why do we have on the cast list Sir Ian McKellen but not Dame Judi Dench, Mr. I'm not being sexist. I honestly didn't know she was a dame. She is a dame. So my apologies to Dame Judi Dench. From now on, press play with Augie Riz. We will refer to you as your knighted name. Dame, exactly. Dame Judi Dench. Uh, I'm really curious. And she's just amazing. Yeah, her and Ian McKellen, you know, two... Very, very popular, very, very well-established actors, both on screen and in theater. So for them, this is like nothing for them. This is like walking down your block. 
I would have liked to have seen a little more uh, Sir Ian McKellen in the in the trailer and a little less for Rebel Wilson. Even though I like Rebel Wilson, like they have to do that slapstick bullshit. Yeah, well, very. Um, but I don't you know, know there. we will see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really curious about Jason Derulo as well. He yeah. seems like a really nice guy from what I've seen him in TV and IRL and IRL. Um, and I feel like he's gonna shine in this. In this I movie. don't know who that is. So <laughs> uh, we're gonna see it in the theater. Oh uh, yeah, I, I would, would like to see it like in IMAX. Oh damn, IMAX. Yeah, shit. That's a good IMAX. We're 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 uh, we are gonna going take all the way our we're food stamp this. card and we are gonna go and purchase this IMAX because I want to treat my man good. We're gonna have another brunch. <laughs> a cat brunch, a kitty brunch, kitty brunch, catnip brunch, cat catnip brunch. All oh, right, I love it. Killer clown from outer space. Uh, we're gonna take a break after the killer clowns comes from outer break. Yeah. Okay, outer break. So we watched a movie. What was that movie, Augie? It was Killer Clown from Outer Space. It was released on May 27th, 1988. Uh, it starred Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, John Vernon, Michael Siegel, Peter Lekaisi, and Christopher Titus. And the synopsis is aliens who look like clowns come from outer space to terrorize a small town. Brilliant. And reason yeah, yeah. No. reason why we are or we watch this movie is because this weekend we are going to Halloween Horror Nights or when we post this it's going to be last weekend. Right. And so, so we'll also come back and review the house. It's uh there's going to be um a killer killer clown from outer space house at Haunted Halloween House. Horror yeah. Nights. So, since we knew that that was going to be a house in Halloween Horror Nights, we decided to prep for it. Um, It has become a sci-fi cult classic, loved by a lot of people, actually. Um, I think the budget of this movie was two mil. Wow, that's more than I thought. (laughs) But I couldn't find... Well, there were a lot of amazing, uh, amazing sets. They used it. All on production. Wow. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't for the cast because I've never heard of any of them. Oh, okay. So, breaking it down, Killer Clown from Outer Space is basically what it is. Um, a clown a clown spaceship that crashes into a town and just begins terrorizing it. And it's basically, yeah, it's like a horror, but very campy. And the movie starts off with... A couple in a makeout point, which I think it's called Heaven's Gate or something like that, or Peak of the World, I want to say. They see a shooting star, and a couple that is Grant Kramer and Suzanne Snyder goes to check it out. But before that happens, now that I remember, it's all about that farmer and the dog. Remember that they're the ones who saw it first. Right. And they get their the first well, I don't know if the dog does the dog die? I don't know. Um, but I know the other guy does. So the funny thing is the spaceship or yeah, the spaceship crashes into the woods and all of a sudden it's a circus tent in the middle of nowhere 
And the old man farmer is looking out like, dude, what's going on? And he decides to check it out with his little puppy. When he gets closer, he gets encountered by one of those ugly, you know, typical clown. Well, I wouldn't say typical. You know, the. Well, I was going to say typical clown aesthetic, but like really. Like nasty mask. Nasty mask, deranged look. Dirty. It was so funny. It's a clown. You can't not laugh at clowns even when they're killing you. So the biggest, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the most expensive item that they use or equipment to use was the gun that they used to blast the popcorn. Oh, okay. It cost $7,000 to make. Damn. Uh, And it was like a pressured, real pressurized Gun that actually shot real popcorn. Wow. I had no idea. So back to the movie. Um, the old man farmer gets encountered with the creepy evil killer clown from outer space. And shoots him with the ray gun that turns him into a cotton candy. And takes him away. Well I think, well, t- turns him into a cotton candy. Uh, I think... He was still there. He was just inside. Like, that was their, like, corpse bag type thing. Yeah. So they would still be there. And some of them, I guess, were still alive in there. I think they... Or, no, the girl was in a bubble later on. Yeah. So, then he gets turned into a cotton candy and then get whisks away. And that's when Grant Kramer and Suzanne Snyder comes in, in the top of the world scene. And they're like, what is that? What's going on? Let's check it out. Uh, Grant Kramer's character doesn't seem too thrilled, but he's like, F it, if I'm going to get laid, I might as well follow her. And they go and see the tent. Right. Um, they go inside and I think they find the the cotton candy people and they get chased out by clowns. By the clowns, yes. They go into like these mazes that turns around. and That's going to be awesome these... in Halloween Horror Night. Yeah, that's what we're expecting for for that. Yeah, and I already saw a, uh, well, I think I sent you a, a prop. Yes. From Halloween Horror Nights, which is the hanging, uh, hanging, um. Hanging cotton candy, candy wrapped up guy. Person, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the can- cotton candy, like, deteriorates the body or, yeah. It's like yeah, an it's... acid that melts them. Wouldn't it say that it was actually explained <laughs> exactly what was going yeah, on? Yeah, the movie is super it vague. It wasn't meant to. So uh, they leave, and they're like, holy crap, this whole clown thing is not, you know, like, this is not Cirque du Soleil. We gotta get out of here. So they go into town, and they're... And better than Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> they go into town, and they try to tell the people, but the people are not really listening to them, as always. Same thing that happened with Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. The, the the siblings go into the cafe and they're like these people are smoking crack. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to the sheriff's or the they go to the officer. sheriff. I thought thanks for for continuing. Sure. The sheriff was in on it, mm-hmm. who is played by John Vernon. Oh, the older sheriff. So the they go, yeah they officer. go to the sheriff and in the sheriff we see those rocker kids who you think that they're going to jail because uh, they were caught canoodling on whatever the the makeout peak was. So the cop probably went up there and 
found, you know, all these heterosexual couples and he, and like, like, That's he arrested fine. the the gay. I mean, watch it. I know that I see a lot of, of gay content when there probably isn't some, but uh, it kind of was there. That's why they were arrested. So when they go and tell the the sheriff that these aliens looking clown looking dudes are killing them, he doesn't believe them at all. And I thought since the very beginning that he was in on it and they had like some sort of pack. Or he was secretly one of the clowns. Yeah. In a mask. In a, a lot of things went mask. through my through my head. So yeah. these clowns went out of the tent and decided to find these two people. Um, it's a typical 80s, 80s film. Um, it reminded me like the aesthetic that we were talking about with American Horror Story in 1984. Campy. That people were complaining about it, but that's what the 80s were. It was campy, fashion campy type of things. Well, something like this, I think, was was even though it was 80s it was purposefully campy even back then there was a purposeful like uh the um attack of the killer tomatoes that was always meant to be campy yeah they were originally thinking of just putting it as or naming the movie killer clowns Mm -hmm. but they thought that it would be a little too macabre and not as sci-fi as they wanted it to portray because Sci-fi was super heavily involved. Obviously, outer space, anything space is yeah. is sci-fi. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, they they did get one of the cops to help to help. Uh, who actually uh, was the ex-boyfriend of the girl, so that's why he kind of took an interest. And it kind of it didn't follow normal movie norms, uh, in my opinion, from that point on. Like. I expected one of the guys to die then and then, you know, end up with the girl. But it went, like, the girl kind of just disappeared for a good portion of the movie. And then the two guys were the lead characters running through the mazes. Um, it, That, that kind of surprised me. It, you don't, uh, not that you don't see that a lot. It's, uh, it's a different direction, I guess, for something back then. Yeah, so the cop that does help him, I think it's Michael Siegel. Um, who plays him? Not uh, John Allen Nelson. I think it's John Allen, John Allen Nelson. He was one of the the first credited. Oh, one of the first three. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, could be him. Where was the girl? Because remember, she was he home goes... taking a shower. She yes. literally she went home, got naked, took a shower. No, it wasn't no nudity, but that's where she was. <laughs> so she yes, was just taking then, a shower the whole time. And then the the cop told the dude. Let's go to the woods together and show me. And then when they get there, the circus tent was nowhere to be found. Of course. Uh, but it's freaking weird. They the do, way that happened. Yeah, they maybe, do. Maybe she needed a day off or something. And then they, they like rewrote it so the two guys. It was kind around. of weird. Like she was part, you know, of half of the people who found the stuff, but they told him, you know what? You need to relax. That That's mansplaining right there. Exactly. You know, exactly. let the big boys handle it. You take a shower and make us a sandwich when you come back. That that was it. And then they they went to the woods and fondled each other before they went to the, to the tent. I don't remember that part. Oh, well. Okay. What were you watching? Oh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> They can't find it, but they did run into a car that was wrapped up in that cotton candy blast. 
Where did they go after? How Something did... to do with an ice cream truck. I don't know. It was all super vague and weird. Yeah. It movie... wasn't the most memorable <laughs> at movie. The, at the end of the movie... <laughs> oh we are such bad movie reviewers. Well, well no. We, the, we saw thinking, it like three la- months ago. I was laughing at the end of the movie because it was just absurd. In the end of the movie, one of the killer clowns grows to like super super tall heights like marshmallow dude from ghostbuster type thing and I don't remember that yeah and remember that the I'm, I'm remembering now the ice cream truck was ramming into them to blow up because they had like something inside the ice cream truck to blow it up okay and then they came back and it's like, oh, we're really alive. Which, the end, he was supposed to die. Uh, uh, John Allen Nelson? Or the two... One of the two actors. Oh, okay. Either Grant the... Kramer or... So it had to have been John Allen Nelson. Yeah, and um, they did a test screening and they're like, no, we don't like that. So he ended, out of nowhere, he ended up falling from the sky. Which I found very peculiar as well. It because made no sense. The trio lived. Exactly. You know, that that type of movie. And, and, and I know what people might think, well, what about Harry Potter? That's a trio too. But with this type of movie where there's yeah. a heroine or a hero and alien and sci-fi, you would expect, you know, the man to... That was so freaking weird. To be with know. the woman at the end, but then the three, yeah, it was like some so, Kingdom Hearts shit. Yeah, they never, they never really revealed who won the girl's heart. That's not what it was about. It was, it's, we're all friends now. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it guess, ended like that. I guess that's good. It's like, like we're yeah, all heroes. We are the Trinity, um, and everyone survived. Um, yeah, there were well, I, uh, there were a few deaths. The the two coded gay guys that I was talking about they uh, died. Were, were killed, of course, as movies back then. That's what happened to to, to them to us. Oh, and then the the popcorn. Oh yeah, because they they shot the popcorn and that was like some sort of tracking device. Yeah, and that's how they tracked them. Uh, okay, <laughs> so, I I understand why we suppress this movie now. <laughs> All this talking about killer clowns and popcorn. We should take a popcorn break. Popcorn break! Yay! No tracking devices included. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hey listeners, we want to tell you about Cub Rage. Yes, Cub Rage is the hottest apparel brand we love to wear. They're the company behind our new logo. It's pretty cool, right? These unapologetic Miami-inspired graphic tees bring the colors and personality of the city to your closet. Hand-drawn designs are influenced by the vibrant, rebellious spirit of street art, crowd gay culture, and urban style. Coverage is a bear-centric company, so their shirts come with an array of sizes and colors to fit just anybody, no matter your body type. If the tee isn't your thing, they can also personalize their unique artwork on hoodies, tan top, pillows, iPhone cases, and more. And if you have a blimp, maybe they can slap their design on that too. Honestly, a funny picture on a tee isn't worth much if the shirt isn't comfy. With their top quality materials, 100% ring spun tees, it goes hand in hand with the unparalleled creativity. You can visit their website at cubrage.com and check out their wide range of products. And we are back. 
Oh my gosh, I fell asleep. It's how long has it been? It's, it's been a long break. It's been about two days. <laughs> Wait, where are we? <laughs> We're in Orlando, guys. Oh my God. We are recording the second half of this episode in Orlando because tonight we are going to. We're going Disney to... World. No, Halloween ew. Horror Nights. Ew. <laughs> Come on. I just Halloween upset fifty million people <laughs> and once upon a gal who Aww. was our first. <laughs> Who was our first? And we just lost a listener. Sorry, once upon a gal. We'll make it up to you. We will. So sorry about that. But yeah, we're here about for for Halloween Horror Nights. And since this episode is the first episode of October, we're kicking off our month long press play with Augie and Riz podcast, hey, Halloween Augie. themed. No, I'm Augie. Darn. Hey, and I'm Riz. <laughs> And yeah, so the second segment, we're just going to talk about generalization of Halloween, growing up Halloween, and how it was uh, impacted in our lives, I guess. Yeah, and you know, different stuff like our our favorite horror movies and uh, like costumes that we we uh, we dressed up in. You know, it'll be fun. Okay. So, uh, so growing up Halloween, what was uh, what was your experience? Did you go trick or treating a lot? Yes, I did go trick-or-treating. What we did was we went to my my mom's friend's apartment complex and we trick-or-treat there every year because it was convenient for my mom. The whole apartment complex knew my mom and her friend. I bet you you got a lot of candy going oh, yeah. from apartment to it apartment. Was, that was uh, probably a gold mine. It was like six floors and it was pretty big. So she would just leave us. <laughs> and you know we would just make our rounds and yeah. it was an outdoor outdoor facing apartment so she can yeah. see us like from the second floor she can pick yeah. out and she can see us like rotating per floor and then it's, just coming down it's generally safe I yeah, would think. And yeah we if you're did, all together just don't you know yeah i remember that in that building my sister's tutor was there who lived yeah. on the third floor so it was so it was like a commune we're just always talking about that <laughs> uh but in are you august... trying to tell me something <laughs> do you want to join a commune augustine no no maybe. i don't know okay <laughs> um, we'll talk about it later growing up that's what we did for every year after year after year um how about you i would trick-or-treat around my neighborhood uh really really nothing special uh i'd go with uh Generally, my brothers, and or probably my brother Matt. Not much really pops out. Just you know, going to neighbor to neighbor. I might have gone to to like a mall one time to do. It I've when, never done that. Like go to different malls and when stuff. there were like mosquito uh, diseases going around, and they didn't want us going outside. I think I think I did a mall one time. Uh, but you know, general trick or treating stuff, fun. Lots of candy. And you've never been those type of groups when you went trick-or-treating to go to, like, another fancier neighborhood, like how they did it in Bob's Burger, where they went to that island because that was, like, really fancy and you'll get good chocolate. Um, I would say the last time I went trick-or-treating, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, like, just going off to a fancy neighborhood. I just went with, uh, I was, a, I guess, a freshman in high school, and I went to my friend's neighborhood, Miami Shores, which is a little more up, and they were giving out, like, full bars bars of chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. Wow. Heaven. Uh, um, it was really very tasty, but, you know, I have to grow up, and I can't trick-or-treat anymore. Well, I think, 
I think I visited my brother in New York, and I think I went trick or treating with the kids, and they were giving like the people answering the doors were giving me dirty looks. But oh I, I didn't God. care. I didn't care. I wanted I wanted candy. <laughs> you were uh-huh. right there. So that was the last time. I was probably like you know twenty. The last time I went trick or treating was the year before nine eleven. Oh wow! And then after nine eleven, I can remember I bought the costume and everything. I think I was. I was like a a demon summoner or something like that. It was like a gothic costume. Oh, sweet. And we met up with, with the kids in the neighborhood, but no one was an- answering the doors. It was dead. Not everyone was, was trick-or-treating. It was just very different for obvious reasons. And then that, that was the year that I said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think I'm grown. Yeah, it's changed. Like uh, in my in my old neighborhood before I moved, no one was trick or treating anymore. Yeah. Or we never like maybe it it went from like you know five to one to nothing literally. Wow! Every year, and no one comes by our house now. No, we've been there for two years, and we've uh, we've. Never had Noticeably left the door, oh, the front gate open, so they yeah. can come in, but they they don't come, and we buy the candy for them. Well, I mean, it works out for us. We get the candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, times have changed. Maybe if they they do uh, switch Halloween, you know, the celebration of Halloween to Saturday night, like they're trying to do, maybe that'll like will change some things and and the spirit of trick-or-treating will come back but at least down here well i've noticed that it's it's probably more in rich neighborhoods still you mean yeah it's either in uppity class uh neighborhoods or in uppity class gated communities where you'll see that those type of action it's safe it's safe you gotta you gotta imagine but I, than... I remember the last time when I mentioned Miami Shores, my we knocked on one of the doors and my grade school librarian opened it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, miss, you know, whatever. It, Hey, hey there. And I didn't say who I was and I had a freaking costume on. So she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your candy. <laughs> you kid. Yeah. You awkward kid. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So uh, what costumes did you... Did you wear growing growing up? Wow, uh, I basically you know went through the gambit. I was uh, you know at this point a few culturally culturally uh, insensitive. You know Indian. Well, probably, yeah. that was Indian was probably the only culture culturally insensitive. But you know things change, and I, I I look back and I see that that you know I was a kid. Uh, I've been a pirate. I've been a vampire, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Culturally insensitive to vampires as well. Be, yeah, not, yeah, it's not like that anymore. Careful. They're people too. Dead they, people. They are uh, dead people. Uh, I was a crayon box once. Oh. I think that was one time my mom actually splurged on a uh, on a expensive costume, which you know that was it was really cool at the time. Uh, one time, you know, I wasn't one of those kids that got. A brand new costume every year, but one time I got to be a crayon box, <laughs> so that was one of my favorites. Say that word again. A crayon box? Did I say crayon re- weird? Yeah. Crayon. It's crayon. 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 Hmm. Say cream cheese. 
cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, what about you? Uh, before I answer that, did you were you a specific color or were you an actual just a box of Damn. closed? I was box? well. I I, I want to say I was green because you know I had the like cone a cone as the tip of the crayon. Yeah, and and I was in the middle of other you know fake crayons. You know what I mean. Aww. Uh, I want to say I was green, but I'm not 100% sure. That's awesome. I would have wanted to be green because that's my favorite color. You're green. You are green. I'm generally a green person. Go ahead. <laughs> I, the earliest costume I can remember was a clown. Me and my sister were clowns. Oh, yeah, and there were clowns as well. Yeah. I remember vividly my mom's friend that we went to her apartment complex to trick-or-treat we she would put lipstick because it wasn't costume thing <laughs> it was red lipstick all over my face and cheek to to make out that classic generally the same I and mean, it's makeup that so classic uh clown makeup. you work with what you got and cool. then there was this weird year it was the peak of of jurassic park the first movie I wanted to be a dinosaur so badly, so, so badly. So, this I think this was the worst Halloween costume I've ever worn or my parents have ever bought me. Um, my parents went to this knockoff costume store and my sister wanted to be Snow White. But my sister's costume was really pretty, but you can tell, like now it I can tell, knockoff. it was a knockoff. Yeah. It was like a black top and then multicolored um, dress, hoop dress. Yeah. And then it was obvious that she was trying to represent Snow White because she had an apple in her hand. But it was really well made, I guess. But my costume, when I saw it, it was, oh my God, it was a polyester material like nylon, not polyester, nylon material. And it was... It was blue completely all over, and it had a picture of a velociraptor. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the mask of a triceratop. Think about that. Uh, yeah, I got I an image. did not want to wear that. And, but then I said, F it, because I wanted to wear it to school. And you know in school you're not supposed to wear masks. They allow you to wear yeah, costumes. Like Halloween Hornets. Uh, but not masks. But I took it because I wanted to, rip, without the mask, it looked like a nylon PJ <laughs> with a picture of a velociraptor that said dinosaur, I think. <laughs> and I kept putting it on and they kept take it, telling me to take it off. And I'm like, no, but I'm a triceratop. Aww. And it was so embarrassing. During that year when I went trick-or-treating, I was not having a good time. I'm, I remember my parents would tell me, put the mask on. And I'm like, no, there's no point. Aww. Uh, other than that, I was a vampire uh, for five years straight. I was... Uh, I can't remember anything else. Vampires are fun. Yeah, I remember I, I said uh, there were no store-bought costumes. Like, there were, but they were all hand-me-downs. So there were mm -hmm. a lot of clowns. There there was like We had like a box of, uh, of costumes that were hand-me-downs. And there was a weird mask. I think an old lady mask. I think I still have it. Oh. I still have everything. I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you have everything. Uh, Well, not everything, but, you know, 
and that's where the uh, the Indian costume was and all that stuff. And what was? Do you have a favorite out of all your costumes? I think like for me would be the vampire since I wore it so many times. Yeah, it was the same vampire costume each year. Or it was just like teeth and yeah, makeup. I, yeah, because now that I'm remembering and thinking back, it was like black jeans, a white long sleeve shirt. The only thing I think I did my or my mom purchased was the teeth and the cape. Oh, and there was a, a pendant necklace. Like, uh, what's that thing called? Like, um, a, like a Templar knight thing. Okay, cool. cool. With a, a little jewel ring. No. So I can't, like, really say that I have a worst Halloween costume. Or, no. Oh, my God. I don't uh, think at least, no. at least nothing traumatized me. I guess the dinosaur was yours. Yeah. But no, nothing, like, traumatized me the way it traumatized you. I would say I was very lazy. I think I bought, you know, one of those Target costume, cost, you know, that says costume on the shirt. Oh, really? So I was, I guess that that was oh, the worst because yeah, I like, was just a lazy ass. Well, as you get older, you get, try to be, like, try to get, like, not yeah. into it, but... But, and as we get even older, now there's parties that we're, we dress up for. I was Where's Waldo a couple years ago. That year I was a monk. <laughs> and I would pop up in the back of all the pictures. <laughs> of all the pictures. <laughs> that was really nice and smart. Yeah. Uh, that then, was fun. And then there was another Halloween party that I just had a Blue Ranger cost, uh, t-shirt. Oh, a no. Blue Ranger Power Ranger t-shirt. That works, too. And I have the Spider-Man t-shirt that we found at the at the dollar store, Five and Below. Yeah. They do not sponsor us. just <laughs> want to make that clear. Five and Below? No. Um, well, I, I, I just thought of, remember on, on Buffy, when it was one of the Halloween episodes, and uh, Willow and Oz show up, and Oz is not dressed up. Uh, but Willow's dressed as Joan of Arc. Yes. And uh, they're like, Oz, what the hell? And Willow's like, well, Joan of Arc worshipped God. And then Oz, like, opened, like, his second shirt and it showed, like, a, a name tag. Hi, I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. We should do something like that. Uh, yeah. I think this year I'm going to be a, a hippie. I have no clue. I'll be a podcaster. <laughs> a podcaster with with. with I have the that, logo. that mic. I'll just walk around with a mic. That's nice. You can probably do that maybe for the for the Halloween that we're, party that we're going to. Yeah, that'll be awesome. cool. How about growing up? Can you remember the earliest scary movie you can think of watching or being shown to you? Uh, I want and being freaked out, of course, as a kid. Yeah. I want to say it was uh, a visit to Puerto Rico when, you know, everyone decided, my cousins and my brother decided they wanted to watch The Fly, and I was way too young for that. With Jeff Goldblum? With Jeff Goldblum, and I think I was hiding behind the couch while they were watching it. I oh, was, wow. It, I, was, I was, what, I had to have been, who knows, I was way too young. Uh, what about you? Um... I think the earliest I can remember was the original black and white Night of the Living Dead. 
that's an intense movie. You would think because it was in black and white that it wouldn't be that bad, but it was gory. It was pretty disgusting. My yeah. my older brother Victor showed it to me and my sister. <laughs> and I don't remember a lot about it, but there was this part where they were just eating the guts on on the side of a road or yeah. or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And it was so gruesome and so nasty. And I would I remember that there was another scene where they were by a house. Maybe I'm probably mixing it up with another one. But this was also from my childhood. That they were figuring out how to kill it. And one guy said, you have to shoot him in the head. And they had a rifle. And it was like, it was like that that dialogue was going on yeah i think i think that's the the same the same movie, same movie? But that's at the end that's at the end yeah the, and then the, the, they go the, to the a wonderful house. twist ending no the the house comes before that oh it comes before. the shotgun is the twist ending of night of the living dead oh. well, let's not talk about that okay we don't want to get too I, much i away. vaguely remember that yeah but yeah that's that can be the earliest movie that i can remember earliest scary movie that i remember watching so thanks Victor for traumatizing <laughs> me. And thank you to my cousins in Puerto Rico for traumatizing me. So, very cool. Uh, do you remember... You weren't really that much into horror movies, right? Not as much as now. Yeah. I was... You know, growing up, I was scared of them, but I like it was like a dare thing to see them. I remember seeing, I think, the Leprechaun trailer. Oh, no. With her running through the, uh, the maze... And I'm like, oh my gosh, that would scare the crap out of me. I want to see it, you know? But obviously I was too young to go see rated R movies. So I ended up renting like the different uh, horror series one at a time. And I think I started out with Nightmare on Elm Street. Then I did Halloween. And uh, what was uh, Jason? Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And uh, there were a few. Yeah. I just, uh, but like. Out of all of them, what would I think is the best? Uh, you mean like the best? Growing up? Growing up? I don't know. I think Halloween is probably the epitome of Halloween horror movies. You know? I think so, too. And it and it honestly, you know, it's a, it's a good series. Like, if you watch them back-to-back, skip number three. Well, number three is cult, but I still can't get through it. But it's... It's a good series. It's not like uh, a lot of the crazy ones, like the Jason, you can't watch them all. They're just, they're god-awful. One and two is probably good. Uh, There's maybe four. Is it four or five? You know what movie kind of was creepy to me? Not like terrifying as Night of the Living Dead. Clue. Clue scared you? That was one of my favorite movies. It was... uh, I didn't realize it was it was a slapstick comedy when I was a kid. I just thought it was a cool murder mystery. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I had no idea, and then like watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, huh? These jokes are... Mrs. White is the flames, the flames. I thought she was being serious. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I thought it was a serious scene, is what I mean. But for I what, think what what scared you about Clue? The the mystery itself. Uh, wasn't it raining? Yeah. Uh, the dark, stormy it, night. The dogs barking. I, that was scary. And and I just remember. I know now it's funny, but when they were trying to solve the, or when they're trying to solve 
the 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 case all I I remember in that whole thing was uh, Tim Curry running back and forth, and then and I remember like that's you know that whole anticipation was kind of creepy and in that big mansion, the rain and I as a kid I didn't think it was funny I thought it was like kind of creepy. Yeah, the. The original, I think we would talk about it, the original, um, when they were sent to the movie theaters, each one was sent with a different ending. There were like three different endings. But on the, the video release that I ended up seeing, it was like, that's how it could have happened. Maybe it was like this. They showed the three one after the other. Um, and I always just kind of wanted to see each ending. And I ended up finally getting a DVD a few years ago where... Right. Where you can hit random and it'll just randomize. Oh, that's the, so the fun! Endings. Yeah, and that's fun for people who haven't watched it to yep. watch it. And it could be different every time you watch it, or it couldn't be. Were you into the movie Hocus Pocus? It's become a cult icon. I was generally wow. into it. it I, I thought it was uh, it was super entertaining, and I liked the uh, um, the music scenes when they're in the they're putting a spell on the parents. I guess yes. <laughs> and they're. I really liked that, and the cat was pretty cool. I think um, he was the best thing of the whole movie. The but traumatized when he got run over, right? Yeah, that was and he like there was a freaking dent in his stomach. I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> and, well, I mean, I he wasn't was that young. Get but pissed. It was uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And the cast, man, anything with Bette Midler, and it introduced me to Kathy and to Jimmy. Who yes, we, we saw, but we didn't get her autograph that one time. Did At we the see con. her? She wasn't there, no. Oh, damn. But no. she was there, like, in spirit, she was there. She was going to be there later. That movie, I found it really fun, but at the same time creepy because of the guy who was risen, the, yes. the kid. And, and then they, his mouth was yes. shut. Yes, and he had, they had to, like, rip oh, it my, open or... Yes, or... and rip it with a knife t- yeah. for him to speak. Yeah. That was creepy as hell. Oh, and then there's another scene in the cemetery where... I think one of the girls get lifted up by Bette Midler's character because she's, like, trying to get her spirit. That part was creepy as well. But growing up, that was a movie we watched as well every year. um, For Halloween? For Halloween, yeah. And I'm surprised it became this this popular. And then I would hear people say uh, the movie kind kind of sucked while it was out, but now it's a pop icon I don't and think it ever I, sucked. I don't think either it ever was a bad movie it was fun for the family yeah i agree i can't think of any other any like direct halloween, halloween i know movies. this is after your your time uh, way after our time uh how about halloween town yeah i, I yeah, you know I, I heard a bunch about it we, when we went to see uh um april o'neill uh not I'm gonna get her name right. I always name the other the other April, Judith Hogue. Yes, who was just a delight meeting her. <laughs> she, was, she was she was so cool, very sweet. She's like, oh my god, look at your shoulders. Oh, you're a swimmer. She was into you, babe. Yeah. See, I would have had a shot with April O'Neil. We went to a you know, con. Things and, were different. And side story, <laughs> uh, we wanted to get an autograph for her. Of her, I'm sorry. And as soon as we went up to her table, she was all over Riz. 
complimenting him, touching his his shoulder like lightly. I don't think she, did she touch me. I think she did. I think she touched I think my she heart. Did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we we also went to her her Q and A as well. Where would I? Oh, and there were like just as much as there were people, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle people there. There were people. That were excited to see her because of Halloween Town. She played. She the played the mom. She played yeah. the mom, and I think one thing that she said was she was a little bummed that she couldn't use magic. Yeah. Yeah, because her daughter was a witch through her her grandmother, which is Debbie, the late great Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds. and she really didn't didn't went into the dabbled in magic and. And that was something that she was bummed out while making the movie. But she said that she had fun and she had a great time and and she loved it and she loved the the, the whole story of it. Yeah, one of these days, if it's on TV, we can we can check it out. Yeah, it's very uh, Kim, Kimberly Williams. I think played the daughter. I I don't know. I want to say I don't know her name. I know if or I it's see Kim, her, Kimberly something. Yeah. What makes a good scary movie? I think what makes a, or I believe what makes a good scary movie is the origin of the killer. Hmm. Does it have to be believable in general? Like the a scary origin? Not really believable, uh, but at the same time not super over the top like killer clowns from outer space. Some yeah. freaking clowns. That movie, I know we... we did a whole segment but it's like it was so vague (laughs) like there was no origin to it like how did they even get the idea of become clowns or or is there a planet yeah or maybe clown aliens maybe our clowns here are just replicas of old aliens and it's a government conspiracy there's always a government conspiracy somewhere. Just, Where everything... if, if you need to fill in the blanks, just say government conspiracy for and any movie. And you have a movie. <laughs> there you go. But other than that, uh, constant suspense is what I think makes a good a good horror. Because personally, I don't like scary movies. I'm more of a thriller. I like that suspense, the constant guessing, the constant twist of of a movie to find out that at the end it's something that you didn't expect or you knew all along but it had you right you know for me what what's that nicole kimmins movie the others the others is a fantastic thriller movie and whoever like researched in spiritualism in that movie is knows what he's doing yeah. or she is doing because i think the others is now that I met, met, think about it, the others and the witch is probably my my top oh, wow. thriller slash scary. I know you don't like the witch, yeah. But I always say that the witch for me is a prequel to the Salem witch trials, right? Because the goat slash devil is re- was trying to recruit her throughout the whole movie to join his witchery of. Yeah. evil hogwarts witches and at the end of the movie you see all that sh- shit like kind of like being initiated yeah. into it so i feel like that was like a prequel to to salem witch trials and that that era and that makes me happy okay <laughs> uh yeah. how about you 
you don't want to go over gory. You know, I enjoyed the Saw films, but bro, come on. Like, they were fun, but they aren't the perfect horror movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, modern horror movies, uh, Scream and Scream 2 are probably the best. Because there's a balance of horror, there's a balance of suspense, there's a balance of comedy. And, um... Uh, mystery, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know, know who the killer is. They're they're fun horror movies. Halloween, I think the like I said before, the Halloween series is probably my favorite series of the older generation of of horror movies. 80s, 70s. Yeah, I think the first one was seventy. They just they just did the fortieth anniversary, so seventy. Holy crap! Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is a little too, uh, well, the first one is very scary and no comedy. And then the, as they go on, it's just, it's just, let's see how Freddy's going to kill people and make a a joke about it. You know, like he explodes someone's ear or someone explodes, like their head explodes through their ear and he's like, well, I guess they're going to have a headache or something like that. Why do you think that change happened? You're, you're explaining it as if, like, the maker or the... The, the show, studio, The maybe? studio was thinking more of of how gross you can be. So, do you think they substitute substance over... You mean Freddy in general? Or, or, or yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Freddy, yeah. Uh, Freddy, uh, I think fans just reacted to the slapstick. You know? They... Because Freddy was the main character of the series, um, he was what they kept coming back for. And to see, you know, like a creepy... That's why the uh, the remake didn't do well. Because nobody wanted to see a creepy child molester, you know, murder kids. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the even though the original Freddy was supposed to be a creepy child molester, they decided to change that. And he was just a kid murderer. Well... Well, you know, yeah. still pretty bad, but and then you know, fans just became, I think, fans of the Freddy character, and they thought that he was funny, and that's what they kept coming back for. Oh, okay. so I think it, yeah. it depends on the fans and what they want to see. Um, but it got a little too slapsticky. There's there's a few few good sequels. Um, if you've never seen uh, the super meta before, there was meta uh, a new nightmare. Or Wes Craven's new nightmare, it's it's amazing. Where uh, Heather Langenkamp comes back as Nancy, playing a herself, trying to or shooting a new hmm. Freddy movie, and Robert England comes back and they're like playing themselves, but then like the spirit of the the Freddy monster kind of takes over the movie. Are you serious? Yeah, that's pretty lame it's cool don't 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 knock it till you see it it's really cool it's it's, it was meta before there was anything meta just like the new 90210 series you know what i mean yeah that kind of reminds me also of scream and stab yeah well what's screaming oh oh yeah that's right yeah i remember you showing me scream and i i loved it and when you showed me the second part or the scream 2 is awesome scream 2 was it's 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 one really of the few awesome. times it's better than the original yeah it was i was really impressed and when i was finished i told i told you this scream 2 could be its own movie yeah 
you know, and Scream 1 could be like a prequel because it was so well made. And then they did Scream 3, which was a little too slapsticky. It yeah. was it was entertaining, but it was like, ha ha ha. And I don't well, remember Scream 4 at all. I really like Scream 4. Um, a lot better than Scream 3. Not as much as Scream 2. As a fan of Scream, what would you like to see if it's, if it was remade? Would you want to see a complete slate and the ghost killer come back Ugh. or would you like to remade or sequel uh have like nev campbell come back reprise her role as a legend of of the scream and i think the main the main problem with scream 3 and scream 4 uh was that they didn't take too many risks uh when they killed uh, randy off in scream 2 it was a brilliant scene. It was the scariest thing. It was they just killed an original character off. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but a lot of the longtime fans, along you know, along the lines of you know, we want to see Freddy in every movie be funny. They were pissed off and they they wrote in. It's like, but it was a huge movie. It was a huge success because of of stuff like chances like that. So in Scream 3 and in Scream 4, the original cast was safe, basically. You know, they would, you know, get close to death. You know, they would get shot, but they would always come back. And and part of me was happy about that, but the, the other part of me is like, but take take some chances. I feel like they should have taken chances. So, but then I'm afraid if they do do a Scream 5, I don't think they'll, they ever will because Scream 4 didn't do as well. Who owns uh, that franchise now that Wes Craven has passed? Uh, it was it was done by the Weinstein Company, uh, I believe. New New Line, New Line Weinstein. I was going to say New Line. Well, Weinstein own own New Line, mm-hmm. and you know, who knows? I I don't think they'll they'll ever do a sequel, and they'll probably do a remake eventually. I hope not. Ooh, our neighbors are listening to the podcast. They're getting a free. Uh, a free preview. But, like, yeah, I think that if they ever did do a Scream 5, they they would finally start taking taking risks and kill all of them off, which I really don't want to see. The thing I did like about Scream 4, though, was that Sydney wasn't the scared girl anymore. Like, she confronted the killer straight on. She saw someone being murdered in the next house. She ran over there and started fighting the killer, which kind of made her badass, kind of made her, like, something else that I don't think is tapped into in a, in a lot of horror movies. Hmm. You understand? Yes, yes. Um, But, and that, that was, like, the major thing that I liked. I think they... They probably should have killed Dewey off in Scream 3 and probably Gale off in Scream 4. But then that would have been predictable because people were kind of expecting that, but then they're not taking risks. I don't risks. remember Scream I can, 4 I can, at all. I can go around in circles. We should rewatch it. It is a good movie. Yeah, I'll, I'm down for that. And in this month of, of October, we're going to continue watching scary movies and we're going to dedicate this, this month in all scary things. So if you guys have any suggestions on horror movies scary movies if you guys have a a worse costume that you wore or or anything of that nature that is pertained to the spirit of all hallows eve mm-hmm. you can send us an email at gopressplay2 
at gmail.com or send us a DM at PressPlayAR. That's go press play the number two at gmail.com. Go press play AR. Wait, press play AR. A R. So you're ready for six degrees of separation? I am not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, I will take Kevin Costner and Tom Holland. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, give me a second. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Kevin Costner was in Kevin Costner was in uh, Dances with Wolves with Mary McDonald Mary McCormick McDonald I want to say McDonald Mary McDonald Mary McDonald was in Battlestar Galactica I'm just saying that she was also in (laughs) Donnie Darko with Jake Gyllenhaal uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was in Far From Home, Spider-Man, with Tom Holland. Awesome. That was pretty cool. Thank you. And our fact of the week is, in order for an actor to get a Hollywood, or a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, they have to cough up somewhere up to $30,000. What? And that's the fact of the week. And you can do... Whatever you want with it, because it's not mine. It belongs to the creatures of the night. <laughs> and these celebrities make movies that are probably out on DVD right now. What are some DVDs and music that are out? All right, we have a few DVDs coming out this week. Uh, Child's Play, the remake, actually came out on September 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that? No. I kind of want to see it. You know, I didn't want to see it in the theater, but I, I'll, I'll like rent it or wait for Netflix yeah. just to check check it out. Yeah. Um, I don't think it did very well. But Aubrey Plaza's in it. She's amazing. I love her. She's awesome. Yesterday, which I did want to see, but didn't get, uh, I guess, a, a gigantic uh, release. You know, like in a lot of theaters where the guy wakes up one morning and nobody's heard of the Beatles except for him. So he uh, he basically becomes a, a big rock star off of the Beatles song catalog. That looks awesome. Uh, Skin, uh, about a white supremacist played by Jamie Bell. He's no longer dancing, I guess. Or he's no longer a thing. Yeah, well, he still has a pretty good career. And Anna, right? I guess that's a spy movie. I don't see, I can't see who's in it. No. Anna. It looks cool. I mean, the picture looks cool. It looks uh, a, a little bit of... Alias? No, what's that other movie? No, that other show that was on the... Nikita. Oh, La Femme Nikita. Yeah. La Femme Nikita. You like how I say that? <laughs> La Femme Nikita. Okay, moving on to music. <laughs> Uh, new music includes the new pornographers uh, entitled In the Morse Code of Brake Lights. Wow, that's, that's kind of a deep. deep yeah, that is very that's a deep. deep title. Can you imagine that there's actual Morse code messages in people's brake lights? Wow. Like someone's like pumping SOS because someone, you know, 
ooh, has them at gunpoint driving. That's a good, like, scary movie scene right Damn. there. Damn. All right. Uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds is releasing an EP, EP entitled This Is The Place. Cool. Yeah, it is. Tegan and Sarah, two out singers, are releasing an album called Hey, I'm Just Like You. I'm just like all of you. I put true. one leg at a time while wearing they are just my like Fendi's. Fendi's? Was that a... That's a oh, very expensive high-end. Oh. Oh, shoot. And... High-end closing. Someone called Young M.A. or Young Ma... Uh, is releasing an album called Her Story in the Making. You know a little bit about... Uh... Yeah, she's a out female rapper. Oh, yeah. So two out artists releasing... I, li- I really like Tegan and Sarah. Yeah. A, a lot. Uh, I like them, too. Very cool. I, w- I would say, like, out of all those, I'd be interested in checking out the EP by Noel Gallagher and Tegan and Sarah. And since... Is this like a rap album, The Young Ma? Yes. I said a f- out female rap artist. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you'll play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not I really my, my type of music sometimes. Cool. So we have come to the conclusion of our show, guys. We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us every week and hear us ramble about random stuff. Uh, don't forget to subcri- subscribe to our podcast and email us any funny stories at gopressplay2 at gmail.com that's gopressplay the number two at gmail.com and follow us on our instagram at pressplayar we had so much fun always making podcasts and making these episodes this is press play with augie and riz i'm augie hey and i'm riz thanks Thanks for for listening. listening